There we go. <laughs> yes, you um, come and rescue me. Yeah, it's really great. We're having a little giggle here in the studio, everybody, trying to get things right. We've had a technical hitch, but of course you won't know about that because you've not been linked to us, but we're linked to each other, Florence Sutherland and I, and it is quite comical actually. Neither of us can get it right. So we're about to go on the air with you, not knowing what the Lord is going to do this morning. So first of all, I just want to, to give a bit of encouragement from Philippians 3, verses 12 to 16. And this one is coming from the NIV. And it's written in, actually, to us by uh, my old pastor. He's about 88 years old now, and he's still good on his weekly encouragements. He said, um, I'm just going to read from Philippians that not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that of which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are, who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. I just feel that, you know, God has a way of putting the right verse on the table at the right time. And, um, and it sort of fits with this morning. I've just picked this one up. But, you know, we have to press on to make any necessary changes that are needed to enable us to do all that that message says. And the message was both an encouragement and a challenge. And we were reminded of the words of Paul to the Philippian church. Not that I had already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Wow, how wonderful. He's saying that whatever he had been through and whatever he had accomplished so far, he was still pressing on. And so Florence and I continue to press on. And he's saying also that he is Amen. not yet satisfied. He is still hungry for more of God, and we are too. And he's still reaching out for the goal of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. In his own words, I press on that I may lay hold of that to which or for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Well, before we became Christians, our lives only had a natural purpose. Now they have a spiritual purpose. Our lives have a calling. Romans 8.28 refers and it speaks of those who have been called according to his purpose. God has a plan and a purpose for us in the church that Jesus is building. He has promised never to leave us nor forsake us. So we press on. There may be disappointments and discouragements. Paul had many of both, but we can press on. And if we press on as Paul did, we have to do what Paul did. And that meant he put the past behind him, forgetting those things which were behind him in order to press on. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to press on regardless. And we haven't got the faintest idea of what Holy Spirit is going to do. 
But one thing I do know, God says you open your mouth and I will fill it. So I'm going to introduce Florence back in onto yes. the scene. And, and I know that Florence will have something on her heart and save the day. So we won't go away hungry. Florence, what have you got on your mind? He's laying here, sitting here, you know, giggling. <laughs> Dinner. <laughs> Dinner. It's it's interesting, but good morning, viewers, or good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Here we are again. It's good to be back in the studio with Reverend Iris. It's such a, a good time coming here. We never know what the Lord is going to do. Uh, even when we don't know what we are doing, he always seems to know what he's doing. I'm just going to follow on what you have said because it's quite interesting because we at my church have just started rolling out a discipleship course. We're just revisiting um, what it means to be a disciple. And when you talk about Paul talking about pressing on, and maybe it would be good for us this morning to just pick up some of those disciplines that help us to press on. Just in case there is someone there thinking, oh, but how do I press on? You know, what do I do with the scripture that I have just heard? Paul pressed on, I want to press on. How do I press on? And I think sometimes pressing on is made easy when we know what to do. Um, these days, I note that uh, most of the times people get saved and somehow quite a few of us never get around to getting properly discipled. It's almost like you are a Christian now, there you go, you'll find out how it is to be a Christian. And yet, the Lord made disciples. He never made converts. He made disciples. And he called them to be with him so that they can be with him first and foremost. And one of the dangers these days is that um, we find that when we are leaders, we want people to come and be with us. But actually what Christ wants is for us to call people to himself. And then as they grow in, the, in him, then they can follow, knowing exactly who the master is. Because none of us leaders were called to take the Lord's place. We were all called to actually make disciples. And if you're out there and you're thinking, oh, I'm not called to make disciples, but how can I press on? There's a very, one of the most important verses in, in discipleship is Luke 9, 23. When the Lord was speaking to, to the people, to the Jews who, who were listening to him, he said to them, if any man would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. So discipleship is about denying ourselves. And these days, when things are so instant and when we have got so used to having everything we want when we want it, 
responding and reacting the way we want and just doing the things that we want to do, it's very easy to forget that actually as Christians, our most important call is to deny ourselves, pick up the cross of Jesus daily and follow him. So you cannot say, you know what, Reverend Iris, I picked up my cross yesterday. I'm not picking up my cross today. No, it's a daily exercise. Every day we look at how we can die to self, pick up the cross of Christ and follow him. So what do I mean by picking up the cross? Um, my understanding of picking up the cross is actually choosing to do that which I would rather not do, but because Christ asks me to do it, because Christ demands that I do it, then I do it out of obedience and love to him. You know, I'll give you a good example. Say, for example, I'm feeling really cross with you, Reverend Iris, today. I, you know, I am very cross. The flesh wants me to remain angry and to justify my anger and my resentment and my reactions and all the other things that I'm thinking I should do. But Jesus says, forgive one another as I have forgiven you. you know? And so I can choose to go with my flesh and continue walking in my anger, which is a disobedience to the word of God that demands that I forgive. Or I can say, you know what? I feel angry, but the Lord says I should not be angry. So I am going to obey the Lord, even if I want to be angry, but I'm going to put this anger down. Even if I'm justified for being angry, I am choosing not to be angry. Even if I'm justified not to forgive, I'm choosing to forgive. And so by doing that, I, I believe I am actually taking up my cross and following Christ, doing what my flesh, uh, refusing to do what my flesh wants me to do is one way of picking up my cross daily and following him. Now, it's interesting that it says daily. I think it's because every day we are bombarded with a lot of things and we need to continually check ourselves on a daily basis. What do I need to lay down today as I pick up the cross of Christ? So I, I did find that quite interesting, but it is a beginning. It really is a beginning of following Christ and pressing in uh, to follow him and be what he wants us to do. But again, it's not enough to just pick up our cross and follow Christ. He's got to be the center of our lives. He really has to be the reason we live. He's got to be the reason why we choose to do this Christian work with him. Christ must be the center 
of our lives. You know? And John 15 verse 5 says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You know, and sometimes we forget that actually most of our lives that are fruitless, they are fruitless because we have moved away from the vine, because we have taken up our own programs and we are not plugged into the vine who causes us to bear fruit. And a disciple's, a disciple's life is a life that puts Christ at the center, constantly asking, what would Jesus do? What would he say? How would he respond? in this in this circumstance in this situation what would jesus want me to do mm. you know? mm. and constantly keeping him right at the center of our life if we are going to be disciples of a cry of christ because you see a disciple is a learner and unless we learn from christ we can call our, we cannot call ourselves his disciples. We can only call ourselves his disciples if we learn from him. And so, yeah, it, it, it's been quite interesting. You know, so those are just the uh, two of the disciplines that uh, we have looked at so far. But then how do you do that? How do you behave in a manner that honors Christ? How do you follow Christ? You can only follow Christ if you live in the word. You know, John 8, uh, 31 says, to the Jews who believed in him, he said, if you hang on to my teaching, you are my disciples. It, uh, let me just read that out because I would like to make sure that we are, we are following what the scriptures are saying and I'm not... Uh, uh, imagining things. Uh, I'll just attend to John 8, verse 31. The, some, sometimes uh, this, we know this is scripture by, by heart, but it is also very powerful to be able to actually go back to the scriptures and read them and see what they say to ourselves. Then it says, to the Jews who had believed in him. Now, this is interesting. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold on to my teaching, you are really my disciples. And some versions say, if you hold on to my teachings, you are truly my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You know? So being a disciple of Christ is also holding on to his teachings. 
the 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 most important thing to remember in this day and age is that we live in an age where there are so many teachings that are coming up and so many people that are coming up with all kinds of doctrines but we as disciples of Christ need to know what the Bible says first and foremost because it is that truth that is in the Bible that set us that sets us free but when you look at obedience to Christ turn to John 14 21 with me It again says, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and show myself to them. So we cannot say we are uh, we are disciples of Christ. We cannot even begin to say that we love Christ when we don't obey his commands. Obedience to his commands is evidence of our love for Christ. So we don't only carry the cross daily, but we as disciples of Christ live a life of obedience to his word. What do you think? Well, I, I think I think you've just hit the nail right on the head, actually. You know, remember earlier we were talking about the feasts and um, the traditions, the different traditions that that people and the cultures that people come from. And, and really you touched on that because the, the feasts that God has given, even at this time of Lent, um, you know, Jesus followed the feasts. He followed the holy days. And, and our, our walk as disciples surely should encompass all of that. You know, the Jewish culture, the Hebrew side of things, the Jewish culture is, it doesn't mean to say we have to become Jews, but if it was good enough for Jesus to do, and he was the teacher, then maybe we should take a closer look at that part of our life that separates us from what we think, well, like Christmas and Easter. It is so, it is so opposite to, to the Jewishness of those, of those times, especially as... Um, the death of Jesus was over the Passover. You know that's a really important time, and yet we call it Easter, and have and celebrate with Easter eggs, and spend a lot of money on the kids and or even grown ups as well, getting flowers and Easter eggs and things like that. So, I think that that you're on a really strong point, and I think it's you know I don't know if you want to elaborate on that because it's really. It's, you know, it's really one of the things you're talking about. It's one of the disciplines, isn't it? And what we lay down. Uh, the, the, 
Yam, what, what we lay down, but what, what you have just said, I think is something that we need to think about and examine our attitudes to those things. Because if Christmas is just going to be about presence and not remembering uh, the birth of Christ, then we need to stand back and begin to think what we are doing. The same with the Easter, the Passover feast. Uh, if we are going to just focus on the eggs and the presents and the flowers that come around that season, then we need to stand back and think, am I being obedient? But you see, these are, for me, these are bigger things. You know, Christmas is big, Easter is big. And there are times when we will not be able to actually uh, examine those things because they only come once or they only, they, each one of them comes once a year. But if we learn to daily pick up our cross and follow Christ, they learn to obey him in the small, minute uh, things that he asks us to obey him, then we can be able to take on these bigger things. Yes. Because a... these are traditional, these are things that have been going on for a long time. But if we can't even do the basic things, we will find what you are talking about a challenge. You know, it can be done. But we've got to begin from the beginning. Are we living lives of obedience? Because when we are not living lives of obedience, it means that we are not actually disciples of Christ. We don't love him. You know? So obedience is key for disciples of Christ. Because even in Joshua 1 verse 8 says, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. So that, this is the key, so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Amen. Amen. You know, one of the things there is Jesus is coming it, soon and we need to be ready, don't we? We need to be ready. And and that means taking a closer look. And at we want absolutely a closer look at who we are, a closer look at our own walk, you know, a closer walk at, walk at who we are following. You know, remember Luke 9, 23, pick up your cross daily and follow me. Amen. There is such a, a, a scramble for following people. A lot of us follow all kinds of people, you know. Oh, I'm following this person. I'm following this man of God and I'm following the other man of God. If we are following those people to learn and to grow in Christ, that is absolutely fine. But if we are following those people because we are seeing them as a means to get to Christ, then we need to rethink. 
Because as a disciple of Christ, you are called to follow Christ. Amen. So whoever else you are following should be leading you to Christ. And if you are following a man just for the sake of following a man, then you are lost. Your call is to follow Christ. Amen. So we need to be thinking, you know, before you click that follow, follow button, think, what am I following? Mm. What am I following? You know, am I following this man or am I following Christ? Mm. You see, men are men. They will let us down. And there's a lot that is happening at the moment. We are hearing men of God that are human falling into sin. Why? Because they are human beings. But when we put our trust in those men, when we follow those men and those men fall, or rather it becomes clear that they were not following Christ, what do we do? Where do we go? How do we get up? So we need to really be very, very careful. Mm. Luke 9, 23, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross daily, and follow me, not Reverend Iris, not Florence Sutherland, not anyone who is more important than we are out there. It's Christ we are called to follow men of God. Christ That's right. That's right. who died and rose again. He is the only one that has given us life and will give us life. Mm. Let all the other people come under Christ yeah I know one one thing Florence you know I, I know I've mentioned it before but when Donald Trump didn't make the presidency in the eyes mm. of the people um I mean that, that thing we know is still going on because Joe, he served a purpose God put you know, God blew up the whole thing you know he I think he used him to go in and burst everything wide open as as we now see it in America but also, the one thing that I feel is, has really come out of that is that Jesus is coming back soon. We need to be ready. Now, when that happened in his case, I'm not, not pointing my finger at him, but all the Christians that phoned and text and messaged Sid Roth, who is prophetically, he's a Jewish person and he's prophetic, and he has this television show, which he's been going for years mm -hmm. to say, what do we do? Oh no, he's lost. What do we do? You see, they were looking at Donald Trump, bless him, not at the Lord. Mm -hmm. And when that, what they thought would happen failed, where was Jesus in their lives? And I saw a great concern in my heart, uh, uh, you know, in that direction because then I saw how many people would be lost mm. simply because they're not focused on Jesus. Mm. 
they're focused on what they are told mm-hmm. and directed to do and become lazy minded absolutely lazy minded is the word absolutely and you're so right but maybe that that maybe that reveals where we are as christians mm. maybe it just reveals who we are paying attention to and who we are focusing on that's right know? and if there is anyone out there that is worrying about this thing i think maybe you need to begin to ask yourself who am i following yeah in, absolutely It, and it's it's not it's not um it's not Trump's fault it's people that made a choice to follow him that's right you know and that that's the thing we need to take our own responsibility for our own decisions yeah. when we choose to do something that is not biblical the responsibility is entirely ours yeah Yes, leaders have a responsibility to show us who we should be following. But finally, we all have Bibles. At least we still do. I don't know for Amen. how long. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But there again you see leaders right on the very first page of the last book in in the Bible. It calls them servants of God. Okay nobody nobody is a leader only Jesus is the leader God is is the whole the whole spearhead mm-hmm. and 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 I think that puts it in a nutshell revelation is not for youngsters it's not for non-believers it's not for new believers because they just wouldn't understand it the current the current ministers won't go there they won't preach from it because they need to take all their all, all their learning and unlearn it and learn revelation all over again and what it mm. means mm. and and i think that is an amazing thing but it's nearly time for us to end this session but i wow. think florence the next time we're on the air um, let's take a look at um it's what god says that matters mm-hmm. okay and i think if we have we'll be having a look people at psalm 56 verse 3 but just for now we're going to have to say goodbye and it always happens we just get into the word of god and it's time to air time to run out so okay guys we'll be back soon and god bless you take god care bless. bye bye bye